holy cow, guys. Javi freaking Baez. It's holy cow. I'm Chase. I've got Greg and I got Lacey joining me today. How are you guys? Good morning. Good evening. Good morning. 9 a.m. Facebook, Instagram, TV, and YouTube on Tuesdays. Guys, it's been a good week. The Cubs are two games out from first place in the NL Central. They were able to take three out of the four against the Cards. They took two out of three from – or two out of three from the Cardinals. They took three out of four from the Nats. It was a busy seven straight days. A like lot said, of you know, if we can, if we can win every series – we're in good shape. I mean, we're not going to. I know that. But you know what? Washington's a decent team. And St. Louis is in first. So it's not like we you know, played the, the Tigers or even the Pirates, which are coming up. You know, right. A win is a win. I'll say that. Yeah. And they've had some decent luck, honestly, with better teams. It's weird. But they're kind of finally hitting our stride. We'll cover all of that. Look at all everything. Um, but you know what? All of this is brought to us by our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. We'll talk about them here in a few minutes. But uh, Lacey, uh, before we go ahead and get into all the good stuff, why don't we talk about those power rankings? Yes, power rankings. So we have the Padres at number one that have moved up five spots. Um, they actually tied with the Red Sox, who have stayed the same at number two. Um, we have the White Sox as well that's gone down two spots. Um, Dodgers down a spot. Giants up one spot. Then we have the Astros, Yankee, Rays, A's, and Cardinals. And then the Cubs come in at a sad number 15. But that's still three up from what they were. They were 18. Middle of the pack. They are middle that's of the pack. And that's what we've said. 500 baseball is what we're expecting. But this is kind of throwing a – you know, a little kink in the plans, I think, because I think they were going to be big sellers. And uh, right now where things are at, it we've got a shot. Um, you know, last I checked, they were, what, two and a half games out from that wild card spot to make it in the second wild card spot for the NL. So, I mean, a lot of things can happen. I know it's a little bit of a different feel. I think now they're starting to realize that this is a regular season. Uh, I think that you know, they're actually three and a half games out. I, I think now, I, you know, I was reading some stuff where they're actually starting to get into a groove and things are starting to happen. Uh, but, you know, we'll just go ahead and jump into the first series last week. It was the Washington Nationals and the Chicago Cubs. It was pretty fun because uh, it was a return for some of our favorite players. Kyle Schwarber, who we remember just loves to crush baseballs. He loves to hit the hell out of them. And he did that while he was in Chicago. Uh, he was left a treat out in left field. It was a Twix. And his very next at bat, he says he ate the Twix and cranks one out. My kind of man. <laughs> Twix. Yes. I love it. That's the thing about baseball. That's what I love about it. Fat guys can play and be good. Yeah. You know, it's great. Also, John Lester pitched. There was a picture of him tipping his hat for the crowd right before he pitched. I was really kind of shocked that he did that. I figured he would maybe wait, come out, maybe give a little curtain call towards the end, but right then and there, trying to get in your groove. And it almost kind of looked like he was crying there. The older he There's gets, no the more crying he looks like in great. baseball. Hey, there is at Wrigley Field, apparently. <laughs> 
So they were able to uh, take three out of the four with a win the first night, seven to three with 12 hits and no errors. Washington had a little bit of some issues. They just never really woke up. It was kind of one of those games where I was never really concerned, even though there were some runs being scored. I didn't think anything was going to happen, just kind of out of the blue. Um, I didn't expect them to be that dominant over the course of the series. You know, um, the one loss they had, which was in the third game, was only by one run, and it was stayed real competitive throughout. Uh, their second game, it was six to three, 13 hits. So, guys, here's the cool thing the Cubs haven't been shut out since the end of April. That's that is funny. pretty cool. So, you know, I know there for a while we were like, oh, my gosh, no one hits. No one – well, they do hit. No one scores. Runners left on. That doesn't seem to be the problem anymore. I mean, even when they're losing, it's still they're, – they're able to put a couple of runs on the board. So they finally hit that stride. The, uh, the cool thing as well that we were talking about problems was pitching. And I know Greg hates this, but Andrew Chafin coming through for us. I'll be the first to say he really has. I mean, I he made me want to throw things up my screen a couple months ago, and he has he's done much better. I will say that he's done much better. I here's hoping that that continues. I mean, he came in last night. I thought pitched well. I mean, really, all of our relievers this past week. I thought they all did pretty well. When you think about it. You lose only two games last week, and both of those are one-run losses. Break here or there, we could have very easily been undefeated last week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even, you know, the, the third the third game, uh, they lost uh, three to four. The hits and everything, I mean, it was a, it was a very evenly matched game, which I kind of thought was going to be what was going to happen throughout the series. I thought this is going to be a little bit more of an evenly matched series than the St. Louis games because St. Louis really only had the one blowout, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But this game really had a, you know, a feel of what I thought the actual four games against Washington was going to look like. Then they were able to bounce back that last night and take it 5-2 to two with 10 hits. Washington had some error issues there. It really wasn't that cool of a series. No. I do think we kind of caught a break. We didn't see Max Scherzer, which – that's fine with me. I mean, I, you know, if you don't have to see their best, you know, the law of averages works both ways. But Max uh, Scherzer just—he's lights out. I mean, he's—it'll be interesting to see, looking into the future, if you know, if Washington continues to this kind of dog paddle in the middle of the standings. If, as I think, he's—is he a free agent this fall? Uh, I believe he's got – yeah, I believe this is his final I was year. thinking I saw he was a free agent. So they might be inclined to feel him somewhere. I don't know. They actually – they saw, they saw Scherzer in the third game. That was the game they lost. Oh, okay. For some reason, I didn't think we, we saw him at all. Yeah, no, Scherzer was that third game, which they lost. Um, and I think a lot of that could also go with the fact that Three out of the five starting pitchers we don't expect to see after the fifth inning. Mm-mm. Um, and that's kind of one of the deals. What was that stat that you had, Lacey, talking about um, with the loss in finals? 
Uh, 5-2 loss in finals. 5-2 loss. Cubs gave them their 5-2 loss. Gotcha. Okay. I saw that in the notes, and I was like, well, let's let's talk about that. And they were yes. down 2-0. So. Yeah, they were. Okay. But, yeah, it was. Um, it's definitely shaping up to be a lot better of a season than what we were even thinking last week. I mean, it's what, what my concern is right now. I, I don't know I'm biased, but I, I think they're in it for most of the season. I, I don't see them fading right now, but does the front office still have plans to start getting rid of people? I mean. Well, let's talk about odds right now because this feels like a good time to interject there. For the Cubs, playoff odds right now are 36.1%, and a World Series odd is 1.1%. Cash in that retirement, Greg. I have a feeling on a hunch here, bud. Yeah, so the odds aren't very good. However, we're second, so I don't know. Who knows how this will turn out? Yeah. 36%? 36.1% playoff odds. Got that stat right before we went on. Really? And okay. So that's World up Series 1.1. Yep. As of today. I think record 24-22. One thing that's going to help the Cubs, at least right now, and I could be wrong, I don't see anybody out there, I'm talking all 30 major league teams, that right now is head and shoulders above everybody else. And now everybody talks about preseason, it was the Dodgers, it was the Yankees, it was the – the Cardinals, you know, the Dodgers aren't in first place. I mean, the Giants have been playing very well. Even the Padres are playing well out west. The Yankees still aren't in first. I mean, they may get there by the end of this time next week. Lord, I hope but not. I Anyone but the Yankees. But the Red Sox have been playing well. Mm. And I'm still thinking that um, Toronto is going to catch fire sometime soon. I don't know if changing ballparks at the end of this week will make a difference, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yes. That, yeah, that the is- Red Sox are staying, they're staying level in the power rankings. I mean, they're not really moving. They're just staying the same, which to be honest, if I was, you know, the Red Sox, I'd be pretty happy with that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, they, I don't think they've played the Yankees yet this year. I could be wrong, but um, I don't think they, they have not, they have not played them yet. So yeah, the Yankees are seventh in the power rankings. And you've got that's 18 games right there still to be played. Right. So well, and I think really though, out of the list of the people that weren't that have been talked about as you know coming back or you know, teams to powerful, really it's been the Dodgers that have been the the outliers. Yeah. You know, finally San Diego's back without the COVID protocol, people gone. You know, they lost most of their team to a COVID incident. So now they've got them back. Now they've got the best record in baseball right now. Um, and now finally Los Angeles is kind of coming around. It seems, you know, we were able to see Los Angeles playing the Cubs at a great time to play the, play the Dodgers because the Dodgers were just crap. I mean, they were, you know, they were going, they were going South and it just looked like it was just falling apart. But yesterday, well, Sunday when they, uh, when they shut out the, uh, the Giants there in that little rivalry, I think that was kind of a turning point for him. Uh, Bellinger looks like he's on his way back. 
they will probably be a team here in the next couple of weeks to really contend with something there in the NL West. I think the the main thing that's pretty interesting is the Giants, how well the Giants have done. The old guys have kind of put on that last little run, and I feel like maybe that's what the Cubs are kind of doing here. Yeah, yeah the Giants are fifth right now. They've actually moved up a spot. Right. The, the power rankings have the Padres and the Red Sox actually tying, but because the Padres moved up five spots and Red Sox stayed the same, they actually ended up putting the Padres as a number one. Gotcha. See, because that, that whole uh, – that you know, there's only a game out, two games out in the uh, AL West, two games separating first and third. That, you know, that's a very – No, that's a very competitive league. And the Cardinals are going into Dodger Stadium next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, and it's a good time for the Dodgers to hit that stride. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, they got two in Houston tomorrow and Wednesday, which yeah, I that would be fun to watch. Right. The, the Cardinals are actually, you know, playing the three games in uh, in Chicago, just on the other side of town, uh, where you don't leave your car unlocked, and. They, that's a really good team. I mean, I thought the AL Central was going to be a little bit more competitive than what it is. Um, I thought Minnesota was really going to shine. Minnesota's kind of fizzled out, which has been great. I know um, no matter if you're a Cubs or a White Sox fan, if you live in Chicago, you've been following the just keeping up with the Kardashian mode on Tony La Russa. Lance Lynn with all of them. Uh, if you have been living under a rock, let's go ahead. Um, uh, I can never say his name um, for the White Sox. Oh, I knew I was going to do this when I brought it up. Just spell it. Unless um, you're illiterate too. I, I might be illiterate too. So the White Sox beat the Minnesota Twins in uh, in a really bad fashion. It was 16 to four. Uh, it was just no good. Well, they finally put in a position player to pitch. That's where things go wrong. And your mean Mer uh, Mercedes is how I'm gonna say it. Decides this is the time on a 3-0 pitch, I'm going to pimp a homer. And he does. And he cranks that bad boy out. The pitch was like 47 miles an hour. Um, they get back into the uh, dugout. They get into the locker room, whatever, um, in the clubhouse. And boom. It hits that Tony LaRussa says during the deal that – He's going to have to suffer consequences within the organization, within the clubhouse. The next game out, Minnesota throws at him, throws behind him. They eject him. LaRosa says, hey, I don't have a problem with how that was handled. Lance Lynn says, this is why the game sucks, basically, that we have all of these old school rules and nobody, they don't need this to happen to them. Man, uh, I, I hate when we start going into like the old school rules. Like now everything has new rules and there's new, I mean, I wish to God there was no replay. It's just not for me. I want the old school, all American baseball. Like I want the umpire screaming 
I want like dirt being kicked on the shoes, people spitting. Like I want all of it. After last night, though, I'm okay. Well, well you know, with Sunday night's game, I'm okay with the robot strike zone because that guy, 30 years old rookie, Mm-mm. he no. he wasn't he wasn't that great. What was it? 64 called strikes. Yeah. I mean, it was not pretty. No, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. When I watch a game, if the calls are not there, I'll literally take off my glasses and be like, "Hey, can you you need these?" Like yeah. that's the type of person I am with sports. I do that. My son's ten. I do that at his games sometimes. Yeah, I can't handle it. Um, you want to brush that plate off so you can see the corner? Exactly. Yeah. Like they're calling they're calling strikes up here. I'm like really? Well, that's easy if you've got a player like Jose Altuve. I mean. Really, like he's five foot one on a good day. It doesn't matter. A strike zone should be a strike zone for everybody. Like, I mean, that's just my opinion. It shouldn't be just like, I mean, don't even get me started on all this new age bullcrap technology you know, that, stuff. That might be a great topic for a future show. <laughs> what I call the unwritten rules of baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's what they're talking about. Well, like, you know, swinging on a 3-0 and count. So I, I never saw a problem with that. If, you know, nine times out of ten, batter takes that fourth pitch and it's a cold strike. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't the batter be allowed to swing the bat? Now, you know, and I, know, I don't know exactly at what point you don't, but you know, if you're stealing bases and you've got an eight or nine run lead, Late in the game, eh, that's kind of bush league. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know what? Teams have proven over and over you can come back. I mean, look what the Cubs did against the Cardinals. Yeah, just rallied it. Everyone turned their rally hats on, and that eighth inning last Friday night might have been the best inning of baseball I've seen for the Cubs all year. Mm -hmm. That if you're a Cub fan, that was glorious. I mean, it's like keep scoring. Right. Beat it by 15, beat it by 20. But, yes. Um, then I found myself the next night saying, geez, I wish we had some of those runs from last night. And hopefully that's changing. I mean, it, it. you know, I think that four-game home stretch there with Washington was great. And then they got to head on down to the boring city. <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals. And again, I'm like wearing these Cardinal earrings, but it's only because my kid plays for the Cardinals. We have a baseball game to get to. A true Cubs fan would pull their kid out of that school. Listen, my kid's not in that school, but the school he goes to doesn't have youth baseball. Oh, no. So take it. A real Cubs fan would start a youth baseball program for that school and call it Cubs. Okay. A real real Cubs fan would um, probably have more money, too, to do that. I don't know. I know a lot of poor Cubs fans. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> so the Cubs were able in that first game against St. Louis, just route them 12 to 3 on 12 hits, guys. 12 hits. That's amazing. So one that's a run to hit ratio. That is a good ratio. That's what I'm talking I about. That might be my favorite game of the season so far. Yes, Jock Peterson with that home run. I mean, you know, just that feeling that was going on inside of that whole stadium. I think I think that really could turn things around because they could feel the hatred. And they like that feeling. They like being hated. I well, like them being hated in St. Louis. 
and I've stated this before, I love Jock Peterson. I, I think he brings something to our to our team that I just hope we don't trade him off at, at the deadline and decide that he's short-term rental. Because I, I do think he goes out there, he plays hard, he does, does what he's supposed to. He doesn't hurt us out in the field either. And much as I do miss Kyle Schwarber, Schwarber out in the outfield was always kind of a liability. I mean, well, he was a catcher by trade. I, I, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, when you're in, and I can be the biggest critic, I'm more negative than positive. I get it. But when you're playing professional sports, you need to be able to go from spot to spot, position to position. You need to be interchangeable or you're replaceable. And that's just all there is to it. You can't afford mistakes in the big leagues. You just can't. And I think that's what Chris Bryan is. I mean, to me, he has shown his his true worth to the Cubs this season by third base, outfield. I mean, he's, he's played first base. He stepped in for uh, Rizzo when Rizzo went out during uh, the Washington game. Right. That's the he's point. Done, he's done a great job. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interchangeable players. Now, Saturday was interesting. Saturday was a great game. Got into the late innings. You know, the top of the ninth, it got really interesting. They did lose the game, two to one, five hits, one error. St. Louis had six hits, no errors. They, it, it got really kind of funny. I, did, did either of you guys get to watch the game? No. I watched all three. Okay. So, Greg, I'm going to ask if you, you were watching you – I'm assuming you were watching there in the top of the ninth yeah. with the weird bunt. I slap. love bunts. I love bunts. So I it wasn't even a bunt. It was a swinging bunt. Hat. So it was a slap? Uh, oh, not on purpose. It was like it It was just it, a shank of all shanks. And the ball rolled, and it was rolling fair, and it started to roll foul, and he picked it up. And the umpire was like, no, it's fair. It's fair. Yachty loses his mind. Wait, was there a replay of it? They couldn't replay it, but it it didn't wasn't real definitive as to, you know, and the thing is, the umpire was literally right on top of the play. Yes. So unless he was legally blind, which I've heard that about umpires before, he made the right call in the Cardinals' defense, and in both teams' defense, there were some real botched calls throughout the whole the whole series. The umpiring crew that was there was just crap. I mean, 64, I think it was like 64, 50, 65 straight, like called strikes in this strike zone Sunday night. That call on uh, Saturday was weird. It looked like it had gone foul, but right when he decided to pick it up, it was right on the line. I mean, there was, you yeah. could see no dirt between the ball and. Fair ball. Yeah. And so there, so then it, it puts, a runner on so now you've got an opportunity to tie it with a good single or double if he's taken off um but then that was kind of it it fell apart but that kind of led to that precursor for the third game which went into extra innings but chicago able to pull it out two to one on only three hits three hits that night it was a pitcher's duel uh i'm not gonna lie Davies got out of some out of some miserable spots on that field. Well, that um, 
what was it, sixth, seventh inning, bases loaded, no outs. I I thought, man, we're cooked. We're yep. gonna, they're going to get at least one and probably two or three. They're, they're playing at home. It wasn't a full house yet, but, you know, the crowd was loud. I'll tell you what, to me, the Cardinals lost that game that inning. Yes. Because psychologically, again, you've got bases loaded, nobody out, and you've got your best hitters coming up. Well, and really, though, he shouldn't have even had bases loaded at that point. That no. call there in the seventh inning on the on the bunt where he threw – I mean, he got him out at third. I mean, it was clear as day he was out. He was uh, out twice. I mean, he tagged him, and then I mean, the fight yeah. was, the foot was on the bag, and then he tagged him going by. Yeah. How often do you guys know the stats on how often we see bunts in these series? Not enough. I mean, no, there's not. Bunts are so underrated. I feel I like they're so back underrated. To the 70s, when I really truly developed my love for the game, you know, the sacrifice bunt was used and. Players could put it down. Mm-hmm. That, that was the thing is that I know we work on it in spring training. I'm sure we work on it during the regular season. But how many players have you seen in the last two or three seasons that can really put a bunt down? Mm-hmm. Well, see, he and used to. percent accuracy rate. Well, even back in like 2013, 2014, um, I remember going to games and getting there early and watching batting practice. And that was really kind of how – in batting practice, you started out batting practice. You yeah. would lay down a couple of bunts on your first couple of pitches to really kind of find where the ball was. That was kind of one of those little tricks that you learned. All right, bun a couple, put your bat out there, find out where the ball's coming, and then we're going to go ahead and hack because most pitchers just kind of most bulk batting practice pitchers have kind of a you know where they're going to throw. You need to find that ball. Now you don't really see that. It's launch angle, exit velocity. We'll take your strikeouts as long as you give us home runs. Uh, but, but the Cubs have made it work where they're playing almost kind of like a new modernized small ball. Lots of singles, lots of doubles. There's a lot of things going on. I see players actually trying to lay down bunts, though. Well, I think in seasons past, at times, we relied too much on the long ball. Yes, we would always hope that well, let's get somebody on base. Boom, someone hit it, and a lot of times that backfired on us. We get nothing out of it. And right. I, I've always been a fan of the small ball game. I mean, I love watching a home run, but I also love watching a well-executed sacrifice fly, sacrifice bunt, you know, double steal. I mean, all the things that we grew up watching in the game, but. Well, you know, Ron Washington there, and when Ron Washington was with the Rangers, he did a lot of small ball. He yeah. was a big fan of the small ball. But you were talking about that long ball, and we finally got our way with a long ball with Javi Baez Sunday night. Oh, man. Cranking one out. So I have some stats for you guys on Baez. All right. Um, stat girl tonight. So batting average-wise, we have Chris Bryant at .312. And then Rizzo at .258. And then we have Baez steady over the last four games. Yeah, four games at .255. And he's averaging that for the season as well. So he is Yep, he is cruising and he is steady. I can take .255. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing now is these these perfect games, these you know, or or uh, no hitters that are being thrown. Six of them before June first. Two fifty five is a good batting average well, for a lot and of players. Home run wise, Baez has eleven home runs. Then you have yes. uh, Bryant with ten, Contreras with eight, and Rizzo with five. Next in line. So I mean, we're doing great. It's just, Absolutely. I mean, think about that steadiness with Bias. Like he ain't swaying. He's no. dead freaking fast. I love it's, it. And it's you know, I know we were talking earlier about how we hated the commentary for Sunday because Alex Rodriguez. Which, by the way, if you're ugly, I guess you can buy his men's makeup line he has now. Stop it. Hey, apparently it helps out with underneath the eyes. I'm going to try it out. Oh, is it black? You know, like, are we going old school with the black lines? No, I black. He just, sometimes he's in meetings and he's got to like touch up his face. I I don't know. I can't judge anymore. I Um, didn't like him as a player and I like him even less as an announcer. No. Yes. I thought the only thing he ever did good was Jennifer Lopez. And apparently he didn't even do that good because she left it. She's back with Affleck. Yes. So... (laughs) Alex Rodriguez oh, gosh. did bring up a point about Javier Baez. Javier Baez is, at the end of the year, free agent. Are they going to try to keep him? There's going to be a lot of people wanting to bring him to him. But he's not a traditional He's not a traditional uh, shortstop. Here's he, the thing. With that, though, sorry to interrupt. With that, you got Chris Bryant, who is looking at $200 million right now. For another contract. Yes. 200 million. And then the Cubs want to keep him too. Where are they going to free up their money? Who's going? Well, someone's going to go. I think, I I think they really thought Rizzo was going to give him a hometown extension during spring training. That didn't happen. So now they're reworking it. Jed Hoyer is probably around the clock thinking about what he's going to do. But the thing that was brought up about Javier Baez was that Baez isn't your traditional shortstop when it comes to the batting order. A lot of shortstops bat in either a leadoff position, a third or a fourth spot, but he, he doesn't play small ball. He doesn't bat for contact. So there kind of goes away that, that leadoff position. He strikes out way too much to have him in a third or fourth. So he's going to move down the line fifth or sixth. So really you've got to have, a lot of depth in that batting order to really make Baez be a bang for your buck. Well, that's I mean, you're going to pay him. He's going to get paid by somebody. Well, it's I mean, just- you got, like I said, the top four. You have Bryant, Rizzo, uh, Contreras, and then Baez. So you got four leaders, but how many of those are going to be free agents? Or well, Rizzo and Bryant and Baez. Um, right. Three of the four. Yes. And they're the top. So what does that say? Well, everybody knows they're gonna. Someone's gonna have to leave. I mean, they, they're not gonna be able to keep this team. Uh, they've they've played way too well. People know it's it's who who's going to sign for what is what's gonna happen. Exactly. I mean, that's that's gonna make a huge determination. I really hope we don't have like an NFL situation here where we got the people- good thing about. The, the good thing about Contreras is they have him through 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, if you look at it in the ranking for uh, the top 12 players based, you know, in their uh, their war, uh, Chris Bryant is a 2.0 war, which is wins above replacement. Wilson Contreras, 1.3. 
Rizzo's 1.2, Javier Baez 1.2. So really those four guys that you were talking about performing, I mean, yeah, that's it's straight across the board. Then you have Kimbrell, uh, Nico Horner, which, good Lord, that guy is great. Uh, Keegan we, Thompson, we have to find a way to keep him. I love yes. that play. He was a first-round draft pick, and he's showing every reason why. <sighs> Here's my thing with first-round draft picks. They are usually – they usually get hurt really fast. Um, and, and they're a bust. They are. They're either hit or miss, and then they'll have one good season, and then you don't hear from them again right. for a while. Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, King Griffey Jr., those are your outliers in that situation. You know what I, I would mean, love to see? Instead of starting out these mega players, these first-round draft picks with big contracts, start them out at one year, then go to three, see how it goes from there. Well, the way they got the system set up, a player can spend almost six years in the minors before they even start getting into service time. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous in how they do it. That's one of the reasons why Chris Bryant got to stick around was, you know, his first, what was going to be his rookie season, they held him back two weeks or whatever it was so that his rookie season didn't start, so his time didn't start. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that's it's like a redshirt situation. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how that all works. Teams are smart. They know how to work it. This is one of those groups where, you, you know, and you start seeing it with the Astros too, that when the Astros started to have to sell off that, those guys that they kind of homegrown talent. Well, we're now to that point. Rizzo's leaving. Baez. Contreras still has a couple more years that they can work something out. I don't think that, the Cubs are going to be big spenders. I think the Cubs were not worried about that so much from backlash from Chicago because we started out so poorly that they were kind of hoping that maybe that trend would continue. They could pick up some pieces because really right now in the in the minors, there's nothing ready. There's nothing ready within the next season or two. And that's what really worries me. Yes. But, you know, we're, we're ready to trade all these guys. But we really don't have anybody that can step. It's like, you know, in the catching position. Contreras, you know, I can see them trading him, but who's going to take his place? Right. You know, right. I just don't think we're going to be playing in the free agent market much. Mm -hmm. for the no, I don't think I, 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 it worries me that we might try to hold on to a wild card spot where we would lose the next game um, on the playing game. And then here we are with all these people that we held on to when they may have could have picked up a prospect or two, yeah. another player who's ready to come in, who could maybe make a difference on the team. And they kept it on a sad fact of thinking that they can win. But it's that commercial time. There's one place you never have to think about winning. And that my friends is at monkey knife fight. Monkey knife fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan. That is simple, fun, and easy to play. Users determine which superstars competing in the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than the contest line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to the salary cap-based DFS game, but without the algorithms, lineups, and most importantly, sharks. There are several contests to choose from, none of which require hours of research required on competing sites. You can start with a simple 2-2 or go to the highest payouts of 100 times and higher by selecting an 8-8 eight eight more or less contest. Get started now with a 100% instant match bonus of up to $100 with promo code 
Holy cow. It's all one word. Have you guys been playing? No. I can't say I have yet. I will. Oh, man. Listen, guys, I have never played fantasy baseball, but I've played fantasy football every single year. For fantasy like the last fun. See, I've never played it. I need to get I need to get involved in it. Hey, I'm I I do. I really love home run derby. I think it's fun. It's five thousand dollar pot right now. It's a lot of great time. So you know, I loved being Uncle Rico, looking back <laughs> on the past, feeling good about the past this week. But we've got to look forward to this week starting tonight. While you're watching this show in the morning time, we've got Pittsburgh. We're going to Pittsburgh. The Cubs. We're not going to Pittsburgh. We're. I and I'm starting to turn into that guy that I hate when they say we. Like you know, what we're doing this off season, waiting for the sport because we're doing nothing. The GM does not care what we think. Um, but the Cubs are going to Pittsburgh, and then they are back, and they are playing Cincinnati in Wrigley, and then they've got San Diego after that. So, so Pittsburgh-wise, just yes. to do a little matchup. Um, so the Cubs are twenty-four and twenty-two, Pittsburgh eighteen and twenty-eight. So difference there. And in fact, the Cubs are ahead in every in every level. Runs per game, Cubs four point six, Pittsburgh three point three. Then we got um, the at bat batting average point two three seven for the Cubs and point two two nine for Pittsburgh. Not too much difference there. Nope. And then on base percentages, we got 0. 0.311 for the Cubs and 0. 0.295. Very close there. And then the slugging percentage, 0. 0.402 for the Cubs and 0. 0.342 for Pittsburgh. So it's pretty evenly matched. The Cubs still come out ahead, but for the most part, I mean, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. Well, and the Pirates are on a they've lost seven of their last ten. Yeah. And right now they've got a minus 78 run differential, which is never good. No. Um, you know, that's uh, that that's the thing. Um, should be a series that we could and should sweep, but we went back there and early, I think that was our first road trip. And we, yes. were, we were one and two. I really hope we do sweep it because I really want to see a matchup against Garrett again. Yes. Like bad. Bad. Ooh, I would love to beat that game. I'm sure you could do it. I'm sure there's some fan out there that will fly you. Hey, if I can throw first pitch, biggest bucket list ever. I'm hey. telling you. And yeah. I can throw. I can throw a ball. Center field, home plate, that's me. There you go. We have now been challenged. Like, <laughs> do you think you think Baez is gonna hang around for that this season? I mean, this series. I mean, you think that you know he you were talking about him trending up. I mean this could be a season. This could be a series for him. Nah. Nah. No bias. Nah. nah. I I I definitely see you know these next two series because the Reds are kind of in the same boat. They've lost their last seven, uh, but their bats are still still somewhat hot. They've still been able to score runs. Uh, not as much of a just. I mean, some of the things that have happened to Pittsburgh are illegal in some countries. I mean, the beating <laughs> that they've received is just, but I can't, one -one. I can't say Cincinnati's pitching has been much better. Their bullpen has been a dumpster fire at times. I mean, they're just, they've given away a whole lot of, I mean, I, I still read the Cincinnati newspaper and, you know, they're, they've got some local writers that are just brutal because, 
they were among they they picked the Reds to be World Series champions this year, and you know they're just grinding their teeth right now because the Reds are what they are and who they are, and you know I don't know if they'll ever get it figured out. I hope they don't against us, but um, time will tell. Right, it's that's the thing that worries me um, about the Cubs. I was reading um, through one of the people up on Bleacher Nation uh, this morning, and one of the concerns that they brought up, and even I, I was right there with them, was a lot of the starting pitching for the Cubs don't see the third, they don't see the batting order the third time through. Yeah. Um, Alzale's finally being able to Davies doesn't go deep into, into games. Five innings is really the deepest that you'll see him go. Arietta, due to his age and kind of how he pitches, he's in the same boat. They don't really want to take him that. They don't want to take the distance with him. They don't, they don't, I, I guess, you know, trust the arm as much as they could because he has been prone to some injuries later on in the career, but the bullpen has been deep and strong in the past month um, for the Cubs. And really, how long are they going to be able to keep that? Are they going to be able to make a run July, August, September, where they're required to pitch four innings a game? Yeah. You know, at some point, it's it's got to break. It happened with Andrew Miller with the uh, with the Indians. There's, you know, there's those relief pitchers that as the season gets going on, they get put in those clutch positions and they they ride it out. But how long do we have with Winkler? You know, a zero, uh, zero ERA. We've got guys in there that have 1.27. It was really that starting pitching that was causing high ERAs across the team. Yeah, we have players like Chafin who was giving up a lot of runs there towards the, you know, in middle and end of April, but now has kind of seemed to settle into their role. Yeah. Uh, my series, I think they're going to win both series on that. I will take it and say they're going to win both series against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Trash and Natty, you know, whatever. Uh, the only thing they've got is Skyline Chili and Pete Rose. Yeah. And a ballpark that smells like B.O. and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I still can't. You build a brand-new ballpark, and the Cincinnati Skyline it really is nice. Yeah. And you point your ballpark towards the Ohio River at the condos across the Ohio River in Newport, Kentucky. Made no sense. I mean, you look at <laughs> They want to be in Kentucky. <laughs> I'll never understand that. I mean, they had a chance to make that one of the nicest ballparks in the national major leagues. And it's okay. I mean, I go there a lot. It's not a bad place to watch a game. Cheat seats are usually plentiful, even when the Cubs <laughs> play. And, you know, I don't mind sitting in the upper deck. And you get a great view up there for a lot of times, less than $20. So, you know, but then they all complain because, I mean, I've been to some Reds games down there where there's been actually more Cub fans than Reds fans. And that is just a big source of whatever for everybody down there in Cincinnati, but put a product on the field that wins and wins consistently you know, in the seventies, they had no problems filling that old ballpark. Right. So, you know, people aren't going to come to watch you get beat three out of four games. 
Well, here's the thing. We've got a lot of baseball coming up. So Monday off game for the uh, Cubs. So the the Pittsburgh game starts this tonight. Pittsburgh, three against Cincinnati, three against San Diego, four against San Francisco, and then three against San Diego back in San Diego. And then an off day on Thursday, June 10th. And San Diego has won 11 out of the 12, eight in a row. So. Yeah, they've got a couple tough road trips coming up. 16 straight days of ball. Guys. It's going to be hard. Two weeks and two days. This is beginning to be the grind. My optimism says that San Diego, they're a hot team right now. Cubs have had success against hot teams. Uh, When the Mets were there on fire at the beginning of the season. They took care of the Mets. They took care of uh, the Cardinals this past weekend. I mean, this is just going to come down to strategy when it comes to pitching and batting lineups and the works because you don't want to put in your best before you need them against San Diego. Absolutely. Yes, it's it's going to be a fun week of baseball. That whole Memorial Day. It's a one twenty game for San Diego. It should be a lot of fun. Maybe. That could be the first day of the uh, cold beers and curveballs drinking game. Maybe. I think it could be. So we are shooting for. How many beers did I have at the pub run? Like two? (sighs) Yeah, at the first stop. (laughs) (laughs) That next day, let's just just, uh, say that any drinking games I'll have to win. No, you'll we'll just have to wherever you're going to be for the day. That's where you're going to end up. Yeah, they'll like someone get me a hotel because that's what. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm going to yeah. need. We have an L couch at the apartment. You can just crash Ooh, there. An yeah. L for lazy. Yes. Or for loser. Or for lazy. Oh, I am lazy. There's a reason I'm sitting on this couch. Freaking couch potato, man. <laughs> Couldn't even get her up to go into the dining room. <laughs> no. <Nope>. So. <laughs> Greg, you are a guy who loves to play the odds sometimes. What do we got? We got Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and San Diego. Where do you see it lining up? I see us winning two, maybe all three in Pittsburgh. At least two against Cincinnati, maybe all three. San Diego, it's a four-game series. What three-game series. Three-game series. I say we go down two. In that series, I could see us not winning that series. Yeah, us going one and two, but uh, I'll also say if we go two and one, I would be very happy with that as well. So Greg is going win for Cincinnati, win for Pittsburgh, and a loss for San Diego. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're sitting at? Yeah, I think could, so. If we could sweep, we sweep Pittsburgh. If we lose one, maybe two in San Diego. That would offset that to me a little bit. I could right. see a sweeping Pittsburgh and then maybe going up to with uh, the Reds. It's four game, right? Four game? No, it's a two. It's a three. Three game. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I could see us going up two and uh, knocking that out. And then, like I said, I, I think we'll be down two for San Diego. Those yeah. are great. I think those are good picks. I'm going to be the optimist and say we win all three. 
uh, just so that somebody on the team can be a homer and say things like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say they sweep Pittsburgh win two against the others. Okay. I think I think that's going to be it. We got Jake Arietta tonight. Uh, pitcher still being determined. I think they might be calling out an old roving pitching coordinator from Pittsburgh to maybe come pitch tonight because uh, they're they're just out of pitchers. Like this past weekend, just completely depleted the bullpen. Every it was a nasty weekend to be a Pirates fan. I know because I'm friends with one and I followed her Twitter feed, so it was a good time. Luckily, they still have the Pittsburgh Penguins in town. They'll yeah. still make that a city. Yeah. One thing that's kind of kind of helped us too. I'm looking at the Cardinals. They start their road trip tonight. Three against the White Sox, four against the Diamondbacks, and three against the Dodgers, all on the road. So they could very easily lose all three series. And they did not do too well out on the road last time against San Diego. No. And I think Arizona. If Arizona could take two of the four, I'd be happy with that. Speaking of Arizona, did you see what happened the other night when the Diamondbacks, I can't believe where they were. I can't remember where they were at, but Jason Reddick, who used to play for the Astros when the whole sign stealing happened, their organ player played uh, I Saw the Sign by Ace of Base when he came (laughs) up to that. I was like, that's, and then the broadcaster was like, I think it was more I heard the sign. So, Still getting their ass ripped for that whole ordeal. I love it. I love it. I love the controversial stuff. Yes. I mean, people don't go to hockey games to freaking just watch hockey. They want to see the fights. They want to see the good stuff. Everybody oh, speaking wants- of fights, guys, the guy in Colorado decided not to press charges against the Padres fan who knocked the crap <laughs> out of him. He did. He knocked him smooth out. So I knew something. I mean, the dude watched Stone Cold like WrestleMania 47 across an entire section, got to the dude and just laid him out. There had to be a backstory. The cops were called. They showed up. He went to jail. The guy said, I don't want to press charges. They released the dude. So what was the backstory? I don't think I got that. No one ever got the backstory. No one knows, but there's something that happened. I, I'm pretty sure the Padres dude probably warned him and was like, you keep running that mouth, bud. I'm going to come over there, and yeah. sure enough. Because something you can tell in the background, there's that lady. Like, Mike one Tyson punch-out video game. One lady's already like, I got my phone. The other lady's just like. I saw like three or four different angles of it. Yeah, and every angle was gold. Dude, if, it would take everything in me. Not to come unglued in a situation like that, especially if they're around me and I'm trying to watch a freaking game. I'd be like, "Come on, go take the, it out somewhere else." The only story I have that could even get close to that was we were at a Tulsa Drillers game. It was me and my family, and uh, it was on one of those like Thirsty Thursday nights or whatever, where it was cheap beer. Mm-hmm. And this group of people were sitting behind us, and we asked somebody to take our family picture. We were one of those, and these guys were on like DWI probation. It's the and DWI guys' cups. Yeah, yeah. So the guys behind us are drinking, and they're on DWI probation, and they're all like this the whole time. That's hilarious. Yeah, my mom like because my sister cropped it, put it on Facebook or whatever. My mom's like, "You should have left it because." All of those guys were just sitting like this while we were taking <laughs> pictures. So, oh. well, speaking of pictures, guys, this will be up today. 
Check it out at three o'clock. We are going to be selling limited edition prints from Courtney Leach, our Holy Cow show. I like it. Yeah, she's our Holy Cow artist. Yes. Which, guys, I don't know if she wants me to say anything to anybody, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, she's been working on some Bears art for the different games this coming year. So Sweet. might be able to sell some of those. Also, we want to thank the guys over at Obvious Shirts, which I think is only one guy, Joe. He's a good guy. Pick up the Holy Cow shirt. Use the code HOLYCOW5. You can get any of your order for $5 off. I actually got the new Soldier Fields shirt, which is awesome. They've also got one for Team Mongo to help out with his ALS. Guys, is there anything else? I don't know. Well, you guys have been really awesome. I've enjoyed this show. Giving the fans what they asked for. What? More, more of Lacey. Oh. She was... She was suspended last week. Uh, uh huh. She's kind of like our Dennis Rodman. She just needed a few forty-eight oh, hours for a big Dennis Rodman. <laughs> hey, play like Jordan, party like Rodman. That should be your life motto. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to kill that many brain cells at once. <laughs> that was Greg's teaching motto. <laughs> Teach like Jordan, coach guy. like Rodman. No. And he's a crazy cat guy now. Do your cats have, I saw some of these like butthole jewels. <laughs> I'm just waiting for one of your cats no. to pop up with a butthole jewel. Well, no, we're, we're not doing that shit. So, <laughs> no, we're not going to, not going to emasculate them, even though they're females. I'm not going to do that to them. <laughs> of course, my two new ones are going to be enough to keep, keep me busy anyway. The kittens being kittens. But, um. So far, so good. We haven't had any major fights yet with the two older ones. I've noticed that you've got your uh, your shelf closed back there. Is that because of the new kittens? No, they they can climb up onto my chair, but they really – I clipped their nails yesterday, so that really has reduced their climbing abilities. But, um, I feel they like just... you're a better parent to the cats than I am to my boys. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I've heard Greg yell at his cats – and it sounded very similar to how you were getting on the boys earlier before the show. I had someone tell me one time. You don't yell I profanities at your boys. I, I yell profanities at my cats. I just. Uh, I, I turn so Southern when it comes to my kids messing up. I'm like, first of all, go get the soap. We're going to have a timeout right now. Mama's going to beat you with whatever I can find. Yeah. Whoa, now I got to edit things. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> yep. No, my, my kids are actually really, my kids are actually really good kids. Besides the younger one, I think everyone's got like a younger one that's just wild. Well, I've always she is the youngest mm -hmm. in any family is always the one that has that good opportunity to be the whatever the one of the bunch, just because the, the oldest tends to be the most responsible because they're the ones that always have to. Do whatever for the rest of the clan. I'm the oldest. So am I. I'm the responsible one. And my sister, I love her, but you talk about spoiled. Oh, that's she, my sister. There's me, and then my sister, who literally she is. I get her. I get in trouble, and she takes up for me. 
so I don't have to like fight my own battles. Yeah, my See, sister got away with murder. It was just mm -hmm. amazing. My kid being the only child. Give um, it time. We'll, well, the other day I was, you know, like we were doing whatever. We were hanging out. We were playing. And she stopped me. She goes, Dad. And I said, what? She goes, can I call you fat or is that going to hurt your feelings? <laughs> and I said, well, it's not going to hurt my feelings because Dad knows that he's big. But you probably shouldn't do that. And she goes, yeah, my grandma says I have to stop calling people fat because it could be mean. Oh, man. Yeah. So oh. we're now working on that. Also, lady at Walmart, I'm sorry she called you a dumb broad. Oh, um, my gosh. I was going to say, better keep your daughter out of Walmart and all county fairs because she's going to see a lot of fat people. <sighs> yeah. She called a lady a dumb broad. Um I remember one day we were driving and this guy was taking forever. And she's like, dad, did he just ruin our day? And I was like, yeah. Cause I remember I'm like, come on, man, just drive like an idiot and ruin everyone's day. And she was like, is that guy going to ruin our day? <laughs> then she told me that she was going to get old enough and put me in the car seat and she would drive and yell at everybody. So see, this is the difference between my two. My older one is like, mom, you look beautiful <laughs> today. I love the way you did your hair today. The younger one comes over and is like, why do you look like that? I'm like, okay. Like, there's there's the difference. Like, the older one's like, I, I think you're always beautiful. The younger one's like, you got something on your teeth. Your breath smells. Like, why but, why do you look like that? Why are you trying so hard today? Are we getting Pretty a new much. dad? <laughs> yeah, my, uh, we've, I have been working on that with, uh, with Emily is uh, anybody that comes around, she's like, now, is this my new grandma? And I'm like, you're not getting a new grandma. Like, <laughs> She just because another, yeah, just because there's another old lady that came walking up to you. You're at a church, first off. There's a lot of old ladies here. They're not all going to be your new grandma. That's hilarious. No, yeah. my younger one, straight up, he'll just walk around. And we were in Walmart, and there was a, an older woman in front of us who had pleated slacks on, but she had a wedgie. So my younger one decided to just go book, right there in the center. Oh. I have never got out of that aisle so fast in my life. I, I left him. I was like, boop, around the corner. We were sitting in handicap seating with my daughter at a ball game, and she had one of the big foam fingers that was bigger than she was, and she was leaned over the railing poking the drunk people in front of us. Okay, now with, that's funny. Yeah, she's going, poke, poke, because we, we were like, what is she doing? And then we looked down, and all these people were looking up at us. I'm like, I am so sorry. That's hilarious. Well, maybe we'll do a show about all of our cat kids and our regular kids and our. Let's not and say we did. You call them fur babies, Greg. No, I don't call them fur babies. Oh, I, thank God. The, the white one, I call him a lot of things, and it's not always good. Uh, no. <laughs> he realizes, uh, usually it's ending with, you need to realize who still feeds you and who still. You know, it's, Can I, talk I do the same to my family? Yes. You probably have a little bit more luck than I do because mine just gives me that look like whatever. I mean, the cat, lots of times he just rolls over. Inside. And that's because he knows, Greg, that if you became unable to feed him, he would eat you. I was going to say, I would be, um, I might be in trouble if I ever pass with these cats. Yeah. Because uh, there'd be, well, at least they'd be fed for a few weeks. Yeah. 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 I would just assume that we just, you just got tired of doing the show. <laughs> Well, guys, thanks for joining us. we got to get out of here and get rolling, guys. Until next time, go Cubs, go. Adios.